0: We made it guys! We're recording on the last day of London Fashion Week and it's been a whirlwind of shows, presentations, parties, protests, ill-advised fast food lunches, blisters, and back of the car debates. I'm Emily Cronin and this is Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us for episode 11. With me in the studio are fellow fashion marathoners Charlie Gowen-Zeglinton and Bethan Holt and Lisa Armstrong will join us on the phone a little later in the episode. So five days in, having seen, I counted about 75 collections between us, what are the
3: takeaways? Charlie, what have you seen? Top of my list has to be color, I think. Roxander collaborated with an artist uh, called Caroline Denevo, who did these beautiful, kind of washed out pastel sets. And the models came down the catwalk in these sort of soft focus chiffon pastels, very painterly colors. It's just beautiful. I have to admit, I took some pictures as interior
0: paint
2: palette inspiration. Emily, I was like I noticed I saw you from across <laughs> the show um standing on a bench as everyone was trying to leave. I was like, wow, Emily is so committed to making sure we all get to our car together on time by trying to like spot nope. us all. Then I, I will- realized no, she was she was just taking pictures for her <laughs> kitchen mood board. I was
0: trying to take <laughs> pictures of this one <laughs> wall hanging that was that was like pale peach and kind of French blue and had a bit of navy and some rust and of course people kept getting in the way. But yes, that was a great colour show. And and we also had You know, slightly brighter colours at Preen. The um, the designers did these micro-pleated dresses in kind of retina-popping blue, green and red. And I adored the colours at Regina Pio.
3: They were kind of 70s rusty browns and camels, which we also saw a lot in street style.
2: I think it's a trench coat at Regina Pio that I was just looking at. It was like this gorgeous, like, petrol blue, not quite navy. And I was thinking, yes, that might be the one colour coat that I do not yet own. Well, you can fix that next season.
0: (laughs) She also did an outfit, I don't know if it was a dress or a blouse and a skirt, that was tonal. It was three different tones of blue and it was just so soothing to look at. I thought, I want to wear that and I'll be calm
2: all the time. Do you think, though, that... Because I do feel every season after we see the shows, we talk about all the amazing colours that were on the catwalks. And then as I look around the studio today... Me and Charlie are in (laughs) navy, and Emily is wearing grey, admittedly with a skirt which has got a bit of red in it. In our defence, Bethan, it's the first day after London Fashion Week, Yeah. so these
3: are the things that weren't nice enough to wear to the shows, but are clean.
0: Actually, I really like my outfit, it just feels like (laughs) pyjamas, which is the main thing going for it today. It's true, I mean, you know, I did look at the shows, and I did see a lot of yellow, and I did think... Oh, God, is this a season that we're really going to have to come to grips with yellow? And then I remembered, no, no, you don't have to wear anything you don't want to wear. It's all there for you to observe, absorb, and reject.
2: Absolutely.
0: But, I mean, besides color, I think we were all professionally looking for the Meghan Markle effect on the runway. Uh, Definitely found it at Erdem. He was inspired by Adele Astaire. She was the older sister and dance partner of Fred Astaire. And left it all behind, left the glory of, of the stage and silver screen and dance stardom behind to marry the second son of the then Duke of Devonshire and retire to a quiet life in rural Ireland. Uh, so American showbiz types marrying into the English aristocracy somehow in the ether.
2: I mean, if Erdem was trying to underplay any rumor about him being the chosen man, create Meghan Markle's wedding dress then he really kind of failed in the most beautifully spectacularly glorious way by by choosing this muse um but I mean it was just such a beautiful show I went and, and spoke to him backstage afterwards and he was talking about how he was thinking of this kind of jazz era flapper girl pairing all those kind of sparkly stage outfits with her kind of new country tweeds and her husband's, you know, knitted jumpers to keep out the the Irish gales. And, yeah, it was very beautiful. Then, of course, love was also on the agenda at Amelia Wickstead
0: with little love hearts embroidered yes. on a lot of the looks.
2: It really reminded me of children's wear, actually. I was thinking, you know, because obviously I do sometimes stalk Amelia Wickstead's Instagram, and she has these two very beautiful children who she'll sometimes post a lovely family portrait and they're always dressed in the most meticulous way going back to the royals as well kind of look like a sort of princess Charlotte for grown-ups kind of look with these really sweet stitched hearts into everything you loved them didn't you Bethan I thought they were I,
3: I mean I love Amelia wickstead stuff I think it's just beautiful um, but I wasn't sure about the hearts I thought I don't know I think with the mood the way everything is at the moment it was a little bit literal for me I mean, your children's wear
0: point is spot on with the smocking and sort of the, the you know, willful naivete of, of the of the embroideries. I've I got to say, I, I don't think it was as sophisticated as, as we are used to seeing from her. Um, but we love you, Amelia. So
3: please, you know. Speaking of sophisticated, never doubt that Bethan. What's at the other end of the sexual spectrum?
2: Oh, well, we had we had Christopher Kane, who um, blushes galore, wanted to talk about sex. And I would love to read an excerpt from his show notes, just because, you know, if anyone was going to address sex this season, Christopher Kane actually, looking back, was the obvious choice. I mean, we're obviously in the midst of of Me Too, and sex has become quite a negative subject in the zeitgeist recently, but... Christopher Kane wants us to rediscover the joy. He said, "Um, I have never shied away from sex in the collections and this one is no different. Since the beginning, I have found it fundamental to our idea of women, women with their own power who create their own worlds and are in charge of them. In the finale of Christopher Kane's show, there were a series of dresses and tops with these very beautiful graphic drawings of two people enjoying sex together one of whom had an impressive
3: mustache and I noticed some white clean fabrics as well always useful
0: (laughs) practical (laughs) I I thought it was kind of a darker more fetishy look at last season's suburban housewives yeah you know what they get up to at night maybe
2: with their favorite sex manual who knows? Well, as men would want them to get up to at night, possibly.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that like there's something instantly unsexy about a designer putting in black and white, this show is about sex.
2: Yes. It's kind of like someone saying, you must have sex tonight. Feel sexy. <laughs> Be sexy right now. <laughs> it just makes you want to put on your fleece pajamas. and, Which, let's face it,
0: is already the zone that we're all in. So, favorite shows, guys, and or looks that you saw on the runway, and you thought, "Oh, I really want to wear that."
3: Simone Rocha, um, as you two know, I've been trying to justify spending seventy pounds on a um, faux pearl encrusted hair clip. Go to Claire. Um, and Go to Claire's. no, 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 no. <laughs> I found validation in um, Alexa Chung, who has been wearing multiple Simone Rocha hair clips, um, including sat front row at the show, and. The Simone show was beautifully pearl encrusted, crystals dropping from earlobes. It was just beautiful. I mean, she does ruffles, she does a lot of drama. This isn't kind of minimalism, but I thought it was a very grown up collection from one of my favourite designers.
2: Yeah, I think I have to go back to Roxander for me. If one collection could just land in your wardrobe and solve every problem that you've ever had, and you could just wear that, then. I think I would put Roxandra at the top of my list. Just great tailoring, but not too kind of structured, beautiful colours as we were talking about before. I wasn't so into all the kind of voluminous, tulle, jellyfish vibe dresses that were at the end. but um, And I loved all the big coats and the capes with these gorgeous um, stone brooches as fastenings. I just thought, was beautiful. I'm gonna try that. I think
0: the one dress that I that I really saw and wanted to wear immediately was in the Roxanna show. It was this wine and silver blue bias cut satin number? And I just mm. thought, who wouldn't want to wear that? Uh, but my favorite show, uncreatively perhaps, was Erdem. I mean, I just think he's so. Everything that he shows is beautiful and decadent and layered and and has history and context and and especially in a way, seeing it against the backdrop of of the portrait halls at the National Portrait Gallery,
3: it just made it seem like a really historic show. Very controversially, we might add. Uh, The newspaper... (laughs) Well, many people are up in arms that the public gallery was closed to the public for the day uh, for the show, but then, you know, not enough people are buying tickets, so they've got to find their funding somewhere.
0: We've got to talk about Burberry as well. Small caveat, none of us were actually at the show, tickets having been very in demand. But it was Christopher Bailey's farewell to Fashion Week after 17 years at the top of the brand. By all accounts, it was pretty emotional. I mean, he, more than any other designer, is the person who really put London Fashion Week on the map. He attracted international editors and boldface names to his mega shows. And he was a pioneer, the first one to open up his shows via live streaming, live tweeting, see now, buy now, straight from the runway. There's a lot of speculation about why Bailey is leaving kind of mixed to poor results in recent financial periods, possible ennui after nearly two decades with the same company, which I think we can all agree might leave anyone ready for a new challenge or a break, and also a desire to spend more time with his husband and young daughters. Lisa Armstrong caught Christopher in a reflective mood backstage after the show. Here's what he had to say. It's kind of, you
4: know, the last big thing with my gang. Um, so that's kind, kind of you, what, like are you,
5: what are your plans that you're allowed to tell us?
4: It's not that I'm not that i you know i'm editing my my thing i really have nothing concrete please i'm kind of i'm i'm kind of working um until all the way my kind of day job ends end of march um and then until december i'm just in an advisory capacity to to the board to the chairman will
2: you will
5: you be um involved in the appointments of whoever i am
4: i'm you know yes i'm involved i mean just to clarify it's absolutely marco's decision and yes. that's really important because that relationship is the one but marco naturally keeps me informed of the whole thing and kind of we chat about it
5: what are your what are the what are the if i say to you memories yeah what are the what are the ones that come
4: like like post the big events that we've done in beijing or los angeles or wherever wherever we've done or some of our kind of bigger bigger shows like after the show with all the with all my teams here, kind of like, yay, we did it, you know, because I think there's always I always feel like the odds have always been kind of against us in lots Why of do different you feel ways. That?
5: Because to us you look like a big brand.
4: Yeah, it's quite funny because we've never felt like the big brand. And mm. we don't want to no. feel too much like the big brand. You know, also because it's we were a a licensed company seventeen yes. years ago and and so, you know, we've had to kind of do a lot of leapfrogging and kind of trying new things to kind of get ahead and kind of have a voice. Um, so you know, it always it feels like so Ameri-Con. innovative.
5: I mean, technically, I mean, streaming—they all oh, do it now. And yeah,
4: I mean, it's. But you know, none of it—it it was all kind of, you know, ways of us talking to people. Because i I, I, I've never felt like fashion needs to be exclusive. No. I've always loved. I feel fashion because I didn't grow up in that world, but fashion—I loved fashion and getting mm. dressed up and going out and kind of How old doing were you looks. when you would
2: sort of did your first fashion expression.
4: Probably fourteen. I mean, and I was what a was kid, it? You know, like I would cut my trousers short. I'd wear funny coloured socks. I'd wear braces, kind of ridiculously oversized coats. We need know. to see
2: those pictures.
5: And, um, and the they time. exist. I can tell you. <laughs> And, and of course, the LGBT check. Yeah, yeah,
4: I mean, that's
2: very inclusive.
4: What, what, what? what, I mean, I wanted, you know, I've kind of, you know, the LGBTQ community is something that I've kind of championed, maybe below the radar more. And I wanted to leave saying we stand for this. Um, This is something we believe in. Um, Do you
5: worry that people might think it's a bit of showboating?
4: No, I really don't care. If if people are that cynical, then I think we're in an even more troubled world. And can
5: I ask you, because your children, how old are your children? Uh, Two and three and a half. Do you feel that the speed of the fashion world now, for someone in your position, is just not compatible with having a young family? I mean,
4: you travel so much, it's relentless. I mean, it is, um, but it's a choice, and I think, you know, I've hopefully try to put as much balance but ultimately one of the reasons why I made the decision is because I I do want to spend more time with with my girls and Simon and my family.
0: We have Lisa on the phone currently in the airport on her way to Milan Fashion Week because fashion never rests. Hi Lisa. Hello Emily. So we just listened to your backstage interview with Christopher Bailey and I wonder you know what you think the lasting significance of his time there will will
5: be. I I think what he really showed was that you can do a luxury brand based in London, which everyone always said you never could, because you know we'd had all these really creative talents, but they'd either gone bust or or, or moved abroad. So I think I think he really you know doing a Burberry became a um, a kind of mission statement for lots of brands.
0: And and Lisa, what about what he said about wanting to spend time with with his family? I mean, is is work-life balance back on the agenda, but motivated by men now?
5: Yes, isn't that great? Something actually, you know, so it's, it's now it seems more of a level playing field. I think it's really hard at his level to have sort of a work-life balance. I mean, I think they travel relentlessly. We think we think we're on planes a lot, but they're they're on them all the time. They're having to check out, you know, some flagships. Store in Hong Kong or, or, or go and see a factory. They, they really are traveling constantly. And, and I think even if, you, if you're in a private jet after a while, it just gets to you. What do you hope to see him do next? Well, I would love to see him run the BFC. And, and I did ask him that. And he said I was the 10th person that day. I, I, you know, why would he at the moment? He's got those two little girls and and his husband and 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 some very nice houses. You know he's young. He's 47, and he always has always seemed so much younger. Um, so I'm sure he'll he'll do something, but I don't know. Putting myself in his shoes for a moment, I, it would just seems so lovely the idea of a year or two off.
0: Christopher Bailey does gap year.
5: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice for all of us? Although we don't want to plant any ideas in our boss's mind. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) I would
0: be so curious to see, you know, if you did launch a standalone brand, what that would look like, because we've we think that we know what Christopher Bailey's design point of view is, but really that's been filtered through what he sees as the Burberry DNA for 17 years.
5: Yes, exactly. I mean, I was just um, I loved I loved it when he said that he was he was a bit of a crazy teenager, although it didn't sound that crazy. It was about socks, wasn't it? And 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 rolling his trousers <laughs> up. Uh, but still, no, I'd like to see. Um, christopher as a sort of as a goth or something that would that would be good maybe he could do, or maybe he can do a sort of cavalli i doubt it somehow
2: (laughs) you can read all our lessons from london fashion week in today's paper and at telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion and email us we'd love to know what you think of the podcast tell us what you like what you hate what you want to hear more about what questions you have about person style or about the fashion world, anything really, we're on unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. And if you haven't already done so,
3: please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps more people find Fashion Unzipped.
0: Now, a few other things did happen this week. The BAFTA Awards Honouring Achievements in Film took place on Sunday night, and once again, actresses, I know we're supposed to say actors, but female actors sounds too stilted for me. I cannot do it, sorry. Banded together to promote the Time's Up initiative through an all-black dress coach. Bethan and I both covered the event, and the whole time we were waiting to see what the Duchess of Cambridge would wear, she showed up just before the awards started wearing a dark green Jenny Packham gown with a black velvet sash. And honestly, it was so dark that at first I had a little panic. I couldn't tell if it was black, maybe with a, with a paler underlay for a moment. Uh, and it was, I think it was a, a really difficult thing. You know, Should she have worn black? Should she have showed solidarity with, with Time's Up?
2: I think, as everyone was saying, both before and after the event, she was kind of damned if she did, damned if she didn't. There's this whole strange kind of protocol for royals around which kind of political issues they should or shouldn't get involved in, and it's such a tightrope. I mean, I was talking to someone and they said, well, you know, royals wear poppies, you know, so that's a kind of a statement of a belief in a certain kind of cause but for whatever reason whether it was her own decision or the advice that she took she d- she decided not to to go the full the full black and everyone kind of saw that that ribbon as a as a gesture um i have to say i i actually did write a comment piece yesterday saying that i think it was quite a missed opportunity for her to not wear black i think you know whatever you think about the specifics of the times up movement and how that's all been orchestrated you can hardly argue with the sentiment that sexual abuse and misconduct should come to an end that women should have more power in any industry whether they're an actress whether they work for a charity whether they work in a factory it's a cause we can kind of all believe in and that you would kind of assume that the duchess especially with all the charity work which she does um would have quite a say on, and I think it could have given quite a lot of gravitas to the campaign if, if she'd put her name to it. This reminds me
0: actually of uh, how some people were, were offended when Meghan Markle, having arrived in Cardiff with Prince Harry, told someone in the in the crowd of well wishers, "Oh yes, he's a feminist too." I mean, only in an institution as tradition bound and maybe mothballed as the monarchy could, demonstrating support for, effectively, women's equality be considered controversial i mean she she absolutely should have worn black and and there was nothing stopping her she's worn black on many occasions before she even wore a black well embroidered with little tiny flowers but a black gown to last year's baftas so it it did feel like like a letdown and it also meant that 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 the story that I'd written already, saying she wasn't the only one to wear black, had to be re- rewritten very quickly. Uh, so that's how strong you, strongly, strongly <laughs> yes. you
2: believed that she that she might. Clearly, but, but yeah, I mean, I was actually down at the Albert Hall watching the red carpet take place, and it really was amazing to see all these women because it wasn't actually just the actresses; it was the people kind of behind the scenes, the producers, the directors lots of people who were there and they were wearing black as well and obviously this whole movement is about so much more than a dress code but it really gets people talking and it really makes a visual statement when everyone wears black
0: but you know next time that everyone wears black please can the presenters not be too shy to say who designed the dress that you're wearing? Because that's really helpful information for us, isn't yes. it? Can it is. we still
3: be allowed to ask that? But then that's where the problem comes in. Because actually, if it's supposed to be a statement that, you know, we will not parade in front of your cameras until you give us fair treatment. Come then on, you're parading. They're wearing, well, Exactly, you know. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of parading. I mean, these were beautiful dresses. And these were, you know, Dior, Chanel. They're not paring it back. They're just wearing the same beautiful ball gowns in black.
2: So the Duchess of Cambridge was out again on Monday night for the Commonwealth Fashion Reception at Buckingham Palace, co-hosted by Sophie Countess of Wessex. Kate wore a Guipure lace dress by Erdem, and Sophie wore a black Burberry dress with contrast top stitching. Lisa was there, also wearing Erdem, I hear. (laughs) What was the atmosphere like? It, it was
5: exciting. You know, people always pretend that they're very blasé about meeting Morty and they so aren't. And and there was some major choreography going on in that room because they were like very tall uh men kind of who had little red dots on their name badges, which apparently means that you know you are gonna get time. I loved with, that um, detail in your story. Yeah. And um and, uh, and and one of them was kind of really blocking me because you know I'm quite terrier like at those things and um, <laughs> I was hovering, but they, they they sort of move around. They make sure that they are they are blocking anyone who doesn't have a red dot. The experienced ones are, at any rate. Mm. And um, it was quite it was quite Darwinian in that room in a way. And then Naomi Campbell arrived in this sort of thing in this big creation. I haven't seen the pictures of her yet, but it had it seemed to have fins in my mind it had fins and she sort of you know if, if you got within three feet of her you would kind of be knocked flying by the sort of angles of her gown. um so that was quite interesting anyway so by the time the poor duchess of cambridge arrived she let's remind ourselves of seven months <laughs> and was wearing very high heels um she did she did say when she got to our little group that she was um she was losing all her spatial awareness i'm not surprised well, when i met sorry just to sort of horrendously name drop here and occasion occasion drop but Go on. Seven, You're years, seven years earlier I'd been at oh, no, no, 2010 longer I'd been at um, um a reception hosted by the Queen and that was very different that was much that was much more formal in a way and and the equerries um sort of put you into these horse-shaped groups, but they did it really expertly. We didn't even know it was being done. It was like sort of the wind rippling over a river. And and then the queen just suddenly appears in your midst and you're obviously completely overcome. And she just talks seamlessly and brilliantly about fashion. Who knew she cared about fashion? But here the equities were much younger, and they kept saying, "Could you get in a horseshoe, please?" But I don't think most of us knew what a horseshoe was, or looked like, <laughs> or how you get into a horseshoe. So we were kind of in scribbled and squirrels and and sort of sunken donuts. Um, and then the Duchess of Cambridge arrived, and she and they are brilliant, both of them. They do they do talk, they really talk. But um, it was it was very very crushed. I I really felt for her, for them both, but particularly for the Duchess of Cambridge.
0: Lisa, did you bond over your shared love of Erdem dresses?
5: We did. uh, Well, I mean, uh, no, she won't remember this morning, but I I, I, No, we did. I said, said, are you wearing Erdem? And she very sweetly said, oh, that's clever of you to recognize. And I thought, "Mm, if I didn't, I would be really bad at my job. (laughs)
3: Anna De La Russo is a self-confessed exhibitionist, and if not the first, one of the first street style stars. The stylist can usually be found wearing the most avant-garde designer looks, fresh from the catwalk, and now she's decided to auction off a chunk of her wardrobe. I caught up with her in London to
1: ask her, what is great style? Pronti? Yeah, everyone asks me always, which is the best look? Which is your favorite look? But I always say that my looks is like a um, necklace. You know, pearl necklace, uh, pearl of pearls. One is is important, like the other one. If I go to choose one, the pearls will go ruin it. You know, we go because uh, everything is uh, connected. Looks is uh, my language, it's like my alphabet. If I want to say which is your favorite word. Amore you know, is not enough. Life no not enough. You know, everything is connected. It's all about um, number of looks. Because looks means like your way to see yourself. You don't want to be always like that. You want to be a princess one day, king another one. You want to be ballerina. You want to be a businesswoman. You want to do mother. You want to close, represent uh, identity. Identity is multi-faces. And have you always felt confident wearing such kind of bold designs? I always feel f- comfortable when the people look at me. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm, when they don't look at me, I feel depressed. <laughs> I feel, oh my goodness, I'm not in a good mom shape. A lot of women
3: are kind of perhaps too nervous to experiment with fashion. What yeah. what advice do you give to them?
1: That's what I want to tell you. When you feel depressed, You don't want to play with clothes, if you're thinking about, no? When you're not in a mood, you say, I don't want to dress myself, or you invite to the party, no, I don't don't have anything to dress. That means, you know, feel good with your femininity, with your inside, part of yourself. Then you have to make an effort, because when you do it, it doesn't matter about the size. Doesn't matter about the color, of the hair. Doesn't matter about uh, the shape. It's always good. You feel right away better, you know. If you get in the right mood, it's like a child when they play. They always, the kids are always always happy, no? You have to play. That's It, it means um, you are in a good mood. Then um, they try making a force. I don't like when people say, I don't have nothing to wear, I don't have anything to wear. Uh, You know what I mean? I don't want to, no, make an effort. get a look. Do you
3: have any rules, anything you would never wear or that you think is bad taste?
1: No rules about that. Bad taste is a good taste if you play with. There is no, for me, I love tacky, I love kitsch, I love chic, I love... Um, I don't like uh, conformism. I don't like when, for example, everyone has to wear the same thing, mm-hmm. or uh, at least it's a new uniform. I like the uniform, but when you had to say, ah, I go to the office, uh, I had to put a, gr- a great suit," I don't like this kind of predictable, a conformist. And I like when you always that's typical from you British uh, British people having a twist, always say. I go to the grey suit, but I'm put an accessories or twist with the shoes or whatever. Always try to make a, a personal twist, mm. but I like everything. I like bold, uh, tacky, classic, no classic, uh, no limits. Uh, because it's about creativity, about really... Um, it's a word, it depends how you put the word. If I go to dinner and I say something you know, rude in the case, No, you have to be polite, but the same word uh, outside with your friends uh, became cool. You know, depends. Depends how you play with the contest.
3: Do you have kind of basics? Do you ever wear just
1: basic? Is a waste of time for me. (laughs) No, I have uh, all all, um, yoga. You know, yoga stuff uh, because I do yoga. I do swim every day. I basically for me sporty, sporty. Otherwise, uh, I like uh, this other thing like uh, the daytime the they were is waste the time <laughs> but now i'm totally out of the business because now it's a, all the trend the best trend is about collaboration between sport and three style but i can tell you i never liked three style <laughs> i like to play with more stuff
3: so if you were going to the cinema or yeah. just to a friend's house for dinner what would you
1: wear I always wear some great stuff. Always, it, because it, it's, for me, it's not a force. It's something very natural. that I come from, it's very easy to me to find a, a always a, a look. My my boyfriend say in a five minutes you change completely because we say we go out. All right, like a magician. Yeah, I can make a look in five seconds. And during the shows,
3: do you change kind of multiple times? Where do you do that? How do you do that?
1: In the car. That's very, another story, legend, let's say. But it's true, I, I always ch- change myself in the car. Uh, three, also three, four time of the day. Yeah, because I was, uh, now <laughs> I feel uh, very tired of that because it wasn't a force. Eh? But at that time I was enjoying so much. I mean, it's good to please yeah. uh, to please the blogger, to please the people outside, to please the people, w- wait me, t- take a picture, to please the designer to attend the show. I like it, it was my way to tribute people, no?
3: Anna said that one of the reasons she was selling off a chunk of her wardrobe was to make space for her boyfriend's clothes. Though by the kind of large deliveries of uh, fashion and flowers, it didn't look like there was much space for him in the hotel room, where she sat curled up barefoot in an armchair wearing a fully sequined Nina Ricci mini dress in multicolor with uh, black Nike sports leggings. <laughs> Read Charlie's full story from last weekend's Stella at telegraph.co.uk
0: slash fashion. And if you want to take a piece of Anatella Russo's wardrobe home for yourself, the auction, the proceeds of which benefit the British Fashion Council's education fund, takes place on Net-a-Porter this Sunday, 25th February. Just a reminder that we gather all the stories we discuss every week in a news story on the site. So visit the site if you want to find out more about anything we've discussed today. And email us. Again, we're on unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. We're nearly at the end of the episode, but first, Charlie, what's something you're excited about this week?
3: Well, I'm flying to uh, Milan tomorrow and catching Lisa up, so I'm excited to see more fashion, um, starting with the Gucci show, but also mainly excited to eat pasta. You just stole mine. I'm so excited for the pasta. We're, we're kind of... The home of pasta. Yes, the home
0: of pasta. We're doing a, a bit of a, a relay for... Milan and Paris exactly. so I'm flying in and tagging you out on Friday I'm going to scope out the best pasta spots for you okay I'm going to want a list yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: um mm-hmm. also red wine yeah obviously with my yeah. pasta would I've, be great I've
3: got some already but you know I'll, I'll add to the list because you can never have too many
0: do you know I've never actually done Milan fashion week so Charlie's been very kind and giving me some tips which mostly so far involve where to get a cappuccino and a and a oh, cornetto yeah. in yeah. the morning but um <laughs> I and I I did go to Milan years ago um kind of as a grandiose gesture for my husband's like 26th birthday when we we were not yet married but um I bought him tickets to La Scala and so they were the highest tickets in the whole venue meaning if we stood up we would hit our heads on the roof and we took a Ryanair flight out that morning with our black tie in a garment bag and flew back that night having felt like we'd had the most high-low experience of That's our lives amazing. it was amazing <laughs> so I
2: have high hopes for Milan mm. yeah culture and fashion Bethan what about you so tonight I am finally rounding off my fashion week times with a completely non-fashion related thing which is I'm going to see um, a singer called Irit Deckel at the roundhouse
0: cool um, she? what does she do
2: she's an israeli singer who apparently blends jazz and latin influences and um this is the result my my friend jess and i never buy actual presents for each other we buy tickets experiences yeah and we always try to do something that the other one wouldn't have thought of so this was jess's christmas gift to me i have no idea what to expect but i'm very excited to do something that's a little bit away from the fashion ether and no mental palette cleanser absolutely no more being elbowed on the front row well just being
0: elbowed in the roundhouse thanks for listening everyone come back next week for another episode of fashion unzipped